Well, good morning. I'm Mark Buckner, pastor here, and I am enjoying the presence of God. He is with us. He said he'd never leave us or forsake us. And we're in a series on, uh, out of uh, the life of Moses. It's primarily stories that are in Exodus and some in Deuteronomy, where we learn principles, we learn stories, we learn things that we can apply to our lives. It's not just uh, some abstract thing that's out there, some historic event that's distant, but we say, this is a principle, this is something we can reflect on and experience in our life right now. So I'm going to read this passage out of the Exodus 3, 1 through 4, that's just been referenced. You join with me. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called him, called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. So the basic message, what we're hearing hopefully today, is that encounters with God are a consistent part of what we see in the Bible and what we want for each one of us. It's not just something that we see in the Bible, but we see in God's character, we see in his word that people have encounters with him. He desires to connect in a deep way, and sometimes really dramatic things happen. And he doesn't just, again, we're, not, we're, we're taking history and we're saying, do it again, Lord, in each one of our lives. Now, I want to introduce a guest to you this morning that's going to speak that has a very special perspective on this experience. Is, is our guest available? Have our guest coming over here? Yes, excellent. Hey, kids, how are y'all doing today? How are you doing, kids? Hey, kids, how are you doing? I am pleased to meet you today. My name is Bernie, and I am a bush. Now, I am not just any bush. I am probably, some say humbly, some say I'm the most famous bush that ever lived, okay? Now, it, unless you're from Texas, people in Texas don't make that claim. But I received that claim. I am the most famous bush that ever lived. Now, Pastor Mark here invited me to tell you a story about the most amazing day of my life. Can I tell you that story, kids? The kids don't sound very excited. Can I tell you that story, kids? Thank you. Okay. Well, I remember it like it was yesterday. There I was, just doing what bushes do, sitting on the ground right next to my friend Billy. All of a sudden, my friend Billy says, I smell cookies. And then he looked at me and said, Ah, Bernie, you're on fire. And I said, what? I looked at myself, and my branches were on fire. And I started screaming, Ah! Now, here's the reason. I'm going to press pause. 
there's something you got to understand. When you're a bush, when you're a little tiny baby bush growing up, your parents tell you there are a few things in this world that you do not mess with, okay? And when you live in the desert in an arid climate, at the top of that list is fire. You do not play with fire, okay? Every little bush has that ingrained in their minds. Anyway, back to the story. Ah! I'm screaming because I'm on fire. I come to the end of my scream. I take a deep breath, and I scream again. Ah! And then my friend Billy said, Bernie, Bernie, you're not burning up. At which point I looked at my branches, and I was on fire, but I wasn't burning up. I, matter of fact, I felt great. I said, what's going on? And then... I heard the voice. I heard the most powerful voice you can imagine. I didn't hear it from up there or behind me. I heard it from somewhere in here. It's kind of like, if, have you ever been really hungry and you felt like a, a grumble come from the deep? Have you ever experienced that, kids? Maybe, maybe just before the snack attack this morning? Well, imagine that grumble and multiply it times a million, and you might have an idea of what I heard. It was this loud, booming voice. And it said, Moses, Moses. And I thought, my name's, my name's Bernie. It's not Moses. And then I heard the second voice. And the second voice was not as powerful. It was a little wimpier. And it said, here I am. And I looked in front of me, and there was a man. There was a shepherd. And he said, here I am. Now, you should have seen the look on the shepherd's face. He, he was so scared. He took his shoes off. He was blocking his face kind of like you do in, when you're watching the movie Frozen and there's that scene with the snow monster. It's kind of scary. You kind of tell me when it's over. He looked so afraid. He, he, every once in a while, he'd look over his shoulder looking for the exit. Anyway, this voice, I figured this was Moses Moses that the voice was speaking to. So I just sat back and I listened to what this voice was saying. And the voice, who turned out to be, I don't know, God, he told Moses that he had a very important job for him to do. And at first, it didn't really look like Moses was very interested in doing the job. He looked really, he went from being way afraid to a little bit afraid to at the end of the conversation, he kind of looked calm. Like he knew this was the inevitable. He was going to have to do this, and he came to terms with it. So the voice kept speaking, and then all of a sudden, whew, there was silence, and I was no longer on fire, and I felt great. My friend Billy just had his mouth wide open, which is hard to tell because it's a bush. <laughs> but Moses, all of a sudden, just turned around. He looked like he had just remembered something very important that he had forgotten to do, and it was time for him to do it. So he ran off, and he came back about 20 seconds later to get his sandals because he forgot his sandals. <laughs> anyway, that was the most amazing day of my life. And that reminds me, I just remembered I've got somewhere to go. I'm having coffee with Smokey the Bear. We're going to talk about some fire prevention ideas that I have. Good. And so, Pastor Mark, thank you very much for letting me be here. Good to have you, Bernie. <clears throat> I know there's a lot of shock that Bernie is actually a part of the Bush family. <laughs> but uh, amazing things are happening. 
So dramatic encounters with God are not a part of our everyday life, but they happen. You know, there's a place in the Old Testament where a prophet had an encounter with God and a donkey spoke to him. There is a, a place where God had an encounter with Abraham in Genesis 15, 17, and God spoke in something that looked like a lamp. It says, when the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a smoking fire pot with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. Wow. So these are, these are not fairy tales. These are actual experiences that happen. Another time that was very dramatic, and a man named Paul had a loud voice as he was going to Damascus. In Acts chapter 9, verse 3, as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you'll be told what to do. So these are profound moments, these experiences that happen where I, I think time stands still. There's a, a veil that is between us and, the, and our creator God, and the curtain is somehow pulled back. Now we have in the next passage, we're going to move in here. In the third verse, excuse me, the fifth verse, we're talking about these encounters and what they are. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Encounters with God are holy moments. There's something that makes what is common into something that is supernatural, that is profound. So we're in a desert, we're in a dry place with Moses here, in a very common place that has very little differentiation from a, a hundred yards away or a mile away in that area. But because God came, it was a holy moment. And this is why God spoke to him. Take off your shoes. There was a way of expressing the fact of, of submission and the fact that this was significant. This is what we do in this place. You know, there's some people that say, you have church in a gym? You know, we say yes, and we have Tom Brady on the walls in different places. But when we come together and worship Jesus, it becomes a holy place. When we encounter him, we believe, we pray that this school is blessed by our, our worship here, that the families that interact here, that the children that are here are blessed because we see God's presence come into this place. In the seventh verse, encounters with God reveal God's heart. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned with their suffering. 
So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And we have a lot of ites that live in this land. The Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So encounters with God show us what's on his heart. When we have these interactions, when you look in Scripture and in this specific situation, again, and I referenced this last week, we see that God loves people. And he loved, specifically has special plans for them. So and he's heard their prayers. There are places in your life where you're crying out, God, why am I in this place? It may be like we talked about again last week, a desert place, a dry place, a confusing place. And, you've, and I encourage you, you keep crying out. There was years that the, the Israelites were praying and, and crying out to God and saying, you see us, Father. And then we see his character. He says, yes, I see you. You are not invisible to me. And the last thing I want to say about this specific session, I'm going to go on. I'm not coming to the end of my message. But we see encounters with God show us a part, our part in God's plan in the 10th verse. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. So right here. Moses comes, he meets Bernie the bush, God speaks to him through this dramatic circumstance, this, this phenomena that proves that there's, there's something in the spirit realm that's happening, something unusual is happening. It's a, it's a confirmation of the substance and the significance of, of what God is wanting to do in the life of Moses, and he, he shows Moses his heart. Shows him that he's heard the prayers, and then he says, you are going to bring my people out of Egypt. Going back to this, this dramatic place, these encounters with God, again, although we see very supernatural things in the Scripture, he wants each one of us to encounter him in profound ways on a regular basis. Now, in my life, I look back at a few places that were very significant. I, uh, when I was a, a freshman in college, and I had, was raised in a, in a Christian family, but I got off to school, and I started saying, do I really believe this stuff? What's really going on here? I, you know, I've heard this my whole life. I've been in this plan, kind of going through to church, but God, are you really real? And there was a season where I kept asking that again and again. What's going on here? What is really true? And that led, that cry led to a place where I was in, actually at a Christian concert. And this guy named Russ Tapp was up in front to come to the end of the concert. And he references 2 Corinthians 5.17. Behold, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Everything has passed away. Everything has become new in him. And I had one of those moments. I can't really explain it to you, but uh, time stood still for me. Everything in the room kind of grew fuzzy. And 
it's like a tunnel vision. I'm, I'm not seeing other things. I'm only seeing this person's face as they're talking to me. And I didn't know anything of what happened to anyone else in the room, but I just stood up and I said, I'm going to walk with God. And that, that moment changed my life forever. From that time, I consistently have been in God's Word and reading, consistently in prayer, and consistently sought to obey Him. That doesn't mean that everything has been perfect. It doesn't mean that I haven't uh, been confused or had difficult days. But there's been a progression where I've always come back to Him. It hasn't been months and years where I strayed. It was, Lord, I'm coming to You. I think about significant encounters where God has come in our life and in my wife's life. When she was born, her mother hemorrhaged. And her sisters remember this story. And one time after her mother passed away, we were in in their house, kind of going through uh, all of their things. My father-in-law and mother-in-law had both passed away. And Susan found a bunch of little New Testaments And they had her sister's names in them and dates on them. She went to her sister and said, what was this? Because it was right around when she was born. And she said, oh, yes, that was when Mama almost died. And there's a lot of details of that story. But basically, her mother in in birth finds herself going away from the room and seeing seeing her own body and going down this tunnel. And you've heard, how many of you have heard stories like this? You know, there's a white light, and they're going toward this place. And she gets to the end, and, and God speaks to her and says, are you coming here or are you going back? And she looks back at her daughters, and it's like an option there. This is a dramatic encounter, and she ends up uh, not dying, but it changed their family's life forever. And she, her mother, dedicated all the children to the Lord and in, in Susan's life, it's interesting, uh, as she compares her experience to her sister, she said, this, I was marked in a different way because of this encounter with God. Now, this is, this is who we are. This is not, and again, um, how many of you, <laughs> you know, when I, I don't want to either overemphasize dramatic encounters with God or underemphasize? How many of you would like to have a dramatic encounter with God? How many of you say, if you want to send any angels down here, Lord, and talk to me, go for it, you know? If there's any way that you want to invade my space, the door is open. I want you involved in my life in any way that you can come. It's not impossible. It's not a fantasy. It's not a a fairy tale. This story happened. We believe that all of these events that we look at in Scripture, this was real. And one way of understanding this is to get a a perspective that... uh, it's just it's a something that's a part of my daily life. And that is God, the creator of the universe, is right here with us. He's not far off. He's not distant. He's not 
ignoring us. He's not distracted. Again, we're seeing his character by this, these stories of very specific, very personal encounters. I'm just telling you, this is true for you. This is true for each one of us. And in the, one of the stories about the death of Jesus, it talks about the most holy place, this, uh, the place where in, in the life of, of the Jews, this is where the animal sacrifices had were, were happening, where uh, blood was shed to, for the forgiveness of the people, for individual sins and, as well as for the nation. But when Jesus died... The curtain, that isolated space, was ripped open. The holy place, the presence, this unusual presence of God was released in a fresh way in the earth. And so as, as we are walking around, in Hebrews chapter 12, it says, there's a multitude of witnesses that are around us that see us. There are people that have gone on before, and they see us. So there's a veil between us and heaven. It's not a million miles away. It's, it's here. The kingdom of God is with us. And as a community, we want to experience that. We want to not just have this information. So how do we, how do we really walk in this? How do we... Get a hold of this and let it become real in our lives. Well, number one, it's something that happens every time we meet with Jesus in his word. When I open up the Bible, which I do just about every morning, I sit down and I, I say, Lord, speak to me. Come into my life in any way that you want to. I, I open up my days with a blank check. And say, God, any way you want to interact with me, I welcome it. I say yes to you today. And then I look for ways that he might speak to me through his word. Another thing that we do, this is what happens when we come together in worship. We're looking and expecting that God would meet with us in this place in a special way. So as I don't know what kind of church you grew up in. The churches that I grew up in, I did not expect to meet with God. I expected three hymns, the offering to be passed, special music, and a sermon. That's, that's what we did. Special music was uh, Aunt Gertrude saying how great thou art, and, uh, and it was good. But there was not a sense that God was there. We were not thinking we're going to be transformed. We were thinking, this is what we're supposed to do. This is what Christians do. This is our obligation. But there was a season in my life where that changed, and I actually experienced God in worship. And so what's happening when we gather together, if, if you're new here, you're looking around at people, and they've got their eyes closed and their hands raised. They're saying, Lord, the veil is thin, and I want it to be opened in a fresh way in my life today. This veil between heaven and earth, it's not far. Lord, pour into my life. You are not distant. 
And I believe when we gather together during this time that there is a strength that's released into your life that gives you the grace, that gives you something that you wouldn't have if you weren't here with us in being able to to experience his presence throughout the week. We we believe that when we come together, there's something powerful that happens in, in really having an encounter with God, meeting with him. It's something that that is a part of us as a a larger community where we set aside holy times. In the nation of Israel, they had these festivals. They were very special where they set everything aside and they focused in, in worship, they had celebrations, but I believe there was an encounter that happened with them. And on an annual basis for us, our, our, our regular pattern is somewhere around the end of January, the beginning of February. We had a, we've had conferences, in, uh, it's called World Mandate this year. It was uh, the Antioch New England Conference. And we're praying and setting aside that certain time as holy. We believe if we purposefully set a few days aside and pray toward that end with expectation and, in, and uh, that somehow it is going to be a dramatically transformative experience. We will hear from him, we will encounter him, and it will shape us dramatically. How many of you have had that encounter? When I'm talking about this meeting, you know, what is that? It is a place where we've, we've, uh, we've purposed to encounter God. And he meets us and he changes us. Tonight, there's an encounter night. And that's why we call it that. You know, we, we are somewhat limited, although this is, ah, I love our worship times here. But tonight we're going to have a couple of hours. It's primarily worship. And when people walk in there, they're not saying, okay, what's the program? Well, you know, what's the teaching going to be? It's wide open, and they're, they're coming in, and again, they're looking, God, are you going to make this veil thin between heaven and earth? Is there a way that you're going to open this place up in a fresh way in my life? And let me experience you. I need you, Lord. And as we come together in every one of these places, my, my daily time with the Lord, today when we gather in worship, these special events, we're humbling ourselves. We're saying, God, I desperately need you. It's, I, I woke up, actually uh, went to bed and woke up this morning pretty sick. And... Uh, uh, I was, I came in late and I, uh, I'm saying, have mercy on everyone today, Lord Jesus. Mercy on me and everyone that hears. But I've been refreshed with the presence of God. Whatever need you have, if you are in a place of brokenness, if you're in a place of woundedness, if you're in a difficult place, come and encounter God together with the community. If there's a place where you're hurting, don't distance yourself from the community. Gather together. Pull in. 
Tell him where you are. Open up your heart and say, I need God to work in my life in a fresh way. So uh, we want to have teaching. We do have Bible teaching where we, are, we base everything that we believe in God's Word. We're not just uh, having mystical experiences. We, everything is based, no matter what I feel like, on any given day, I go back to God's Word, which is true. My feelings go all over the place. But it's not just receiving information. It's not just going through regular patterns of meetings. It's not just achieving a certain level of moral purity. It's about an encounter with God. In fact, there's a a passage. I don't have this in front of you. I don't have the overhead for this, do so. But in Galatians 2.19, it says, For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. He's saying, I'm not living by the rules. I'm living by this resurrected Christ and his experience in in pouring his life in me. So how close are you to living to that veil? How close are you in, in your awareness of the presence of God? How hungry are you to experience him, to see him move in your life? What needs do you have where you need to connect with him. We're going to worship right now. I want to ask the the worship teams to come up. And this is is what we do. (laughs) You know, in each one of our services, we don't want to assume that you're all set. What we want to assume is that you need an encounter with God. That you're not just coming to a place to go through, a, go through the motions, but there's something possibly empty in your life that needs to be filled up. There's some place where you're looking, Lord, take me beyond all of the, the mundane and show me your divine purposes. When Moses encountered God, God gave him clarity on his purpose. When Moses encountered God, he made the commonplaces holy. When Moses encountered God, it showed him who God was, showed him his character. And that's, in some form or fashion, that's what we're trying to do every time we come together. Lord, let us see you more clearly. Let, if it, let us take your fire and make your word alive right now in my life. But let's stand together. And I, we've got some, some friends here that I've, I've never personally met. 
from a church in, in Redding, California called Bethel that are with us. I want you guys just to, could you stand right over here? Come on out of your row. They're on a, a uh, with their, their school, I, I think the name of it, a guy named Chris Vallotton. <laughs> I'm not up on all this information, so I may be, maybe there's someone else involved. But I think uh, Chris is in leadership with that school. And um, uh, the name of it is the School of Supernatural Ministry. And they're in, in town, just asking God to come in, in fresh ways. I uh, want to also have, if we have any prayer teams from other people in our leadership, come over on this side of the room. And I want to invite you. If there's, you know, this may seem a little abstract. But I want to invite you to encounter God. And what I'm saying there is, is if there is something in your life where you need to experience His love and forgiveness, I want you to, to come and ask Him to do that. If there's some place in your life where you're stuck and you need to hear His voice, I want to welcome you to come to the front, to come up here. When, when we move from where we are and move forward, sometimes that activates things inside of us. We act on it. We're not just passive in this process. And it, it may be that you just want to sit where you are and journal and have a quiet moment. But we're asking God to speak to you for this place to be made holy and special for some profound way that he would, he would surround you and speak to the very issues that you're dealing with today. So as we worship, <clears throat> um, just come to the front. You don't have to come to any specific individual. You just come down here and, and someone may come and pray for you or they might may not. But you just want to come to the Lord and say, I need you. And we believe that he answers that prayer. That he will show you his heart. And you'll experience him. So... You know, I just, as I'm talking, I, I feel the limitation of words. Like I, I want to explain more and make this clear. But instead of talking longer, I just welcome you to come where, where you are or come to the front and say, Lord, I need you. I want to encounter you. You did it with Moses. Do it with me, Lord Jesus.